Welcome to our Clothe with the Sun daily podcast, Sunday edition. It is our reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Sunday, September 17th, 2023. It is the 24th Sunday of Ordinary Time. And our gospel reading today, let me find it. I lost it here. Our gospel reading is from the gospel according to St. Matthew. Peter approached Jesus and asked him, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but 77 times. That is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the accounting, a debtor was brought before him who owed him a huge amount. Since he had no way of paying it back, his master ordered him to be sold, along with his wife, his children, and all his property, in payment of the debt. At that the servant fell down, did him homage, and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back in full. Moved with compassion, the master of that servant let him go and forgave him the loan. When that servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a much smaller amount. He seized him and started to choke him, demanding, Pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, his fellow servant begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he had the fellow servant put in prison until he paid back the debt. Now, when his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply disturbed and went to their master and reported the whole affair. His master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. Should you not have had pity on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? Then in anger, his master handed him over to the torturers until he should pay back the whole debt. So will my heavenly father do to you unless each of you forgives your brother from your heart. So this is a powerful gospel and it is a frightening gospel. The thing that I'm most afraid of is my own weakness. I can go to church and say all kinds of prayers and honestly, before God, ask him to give me the grace to forgive anyone that's ever hurt me and to be able to let go of it all. I mean, I was just thinking this morning of just people that hurt me 40 years ago, (laughs) right? 30 years ago, Uh, because I'm still holding on to stuff, yet I can over and over again. and, And even when we say the Our Father Forgive us as we forgive others. But then guess what? I get in my car. Somebody cuts me off and it's like a switch goes off. I want to follow that person. I want that person to pay for what they just did to me, even if it wasn't that big a deal, even if they weren't even thinking about it, because maybe they're going through something that I have no idea about. Maybe they're having a rough day. Maybe they're in a hurry, but they just cut me off. And now I have what's called road rage. So this gospel, we, we read this on a weekday a couple of weeks ago, and I talked all about, I forget what the title of my podcast was that day. I'm sure it's easily found, but I talked all about forgiveness and how to forgive and just, you know, the, the process of forgiveness and, and, you know, good stuff that we need to work on. We, you know, how to forgive and how to let go and how to ask God for his help, etc. So I was thinking today, maybe to talk a little bit about rage or to talk a little bit about vengeance. 
Why do we hang on? It's just when you look at this gospel reading, it doesn't make sense. And of course, that's the whole point of it. It doesn't make sense. It has to do a lot with our emotions. It has to do a lot with the hurts that we bear. And very often, like I say, you know, that person that cut me off on the road, if I really look at it, and there's going to have to be a little psychology that we bring into this. I'm not mad at that person. I'm mad at somebody that hurt me 40 years ago. (laughs) Once again, bringing that up, you know, childhood bullies when I was seven years old. But I'm mad at them and I'm still carrying that pain. And so this person that just cut me off the road, they stirred up in me. They, They reopened the wounds. They stirred up that hurt where things were never reconciled. Things were, I, I never got an apology. So I carry around this pain, yet I want God to forgive me everything. And I've heard him so many times. We want forgiveness all the time like it's nothing. Go to confession, confess our sins, and okay, we're good to go. Look, I'm going to go straight to heaven if I die right now. All my sins are gone. And then you're reminded of somebody that hurt you. And it could have been something stupid. It could have been somebody that got in front of you on the way to the copy machine or in Wawa, somebody that butted in front of you in line and now you're still holding on to that stuff. Somebody that said something stupid to you 20 years ago that hurt your feelings, hurt your pride. So I just said a big part of it right there. We have pride and it's the root of all sins. It's the original sin. And we have to work on that pride. Why do I think I deserve better treatment than even God <laughs> in terms of what we're talking about here? Why do, I, why do I think, well, God should just forgive me. He should just, you know, let it go. Come on. I'm confessing my sins. Let it all go. Yet I'm okay if I want to hold on to pain and hurt that was even just not that big a deal. That was maybe somebody not thinking. That was years ago. So pride, we put ourselves ahead of others. We think ourselves better than others. We want to vent our emotions. That's another thing too, you know, thinking that, and it's not always thinking, it's emotional, that my emotions mean more than yours. So you hurt me, therefore I'm going to, I got to let it all out. I got to talk about it. I got to vent about it. I need everybody to hear it. I need everybody to know my pain. How often do we do that when we have a public speaking role? Instead of focusing on the topic, we like to use it as an opportunity to get our emotions out. Well, and there can be legitimate needs there that aren't being met. So that's another thing. What is the need that I have that's legitimate that maybe I could discuss with a spouse or a close friend? We do need to vent. It's okay to vent. It's okay. when I, Negative emotions, you know, emotions are just part of who we are. So there is always an appropriate venting of our emotions versus a seeking rage, venting our rage, making the people around us suffer very often that have no reason to suffer. They didn't do anything wrong. Making our family pay the price maybe for somebody that hurt us at work. Ah, the list goes on and on and on. And a lot of this has to do with maturity as well. So there's pride. There's needs, emotional needs. There's also maturity, self-control and recognizing, okay, I have an emotion. Let's find the appropriate outlet of this emotion. 
Sometimes too, like I was saying, when it's rooted in something from the past, maybe we felt in the past, and this is once again, something for therapy. Was I not protected in the past? Did I give into too much fear in the past? Well, and rightly so, maybe. Where were my parents when this kid was beating me up? Where were my siblings? Where were my so-called friends? Why was I not protected before? Where was the church when such and such was happening in a church setting? Where was the school when such and such was happening in a school setting? Where were the police when such and such was happening in my neighborhood? I can recall uh, situations where I've worked in the inner city calling the police and they don't come because they're just way too overwhelmed. And then me feeling resentment. I had a need. I had something going on. I was scared and the police did not come. So there is a spectrum of emotions, especially the way we react to negative stimuli. And at one side of the spectrum is fear and that the other side is is, um, aggression, anger, aggression. And the psychologists and psychiatrists will say, we genuinely go to one extreme or the other very easily for whatever reason. These are like fight or flight kind of uh, reactions. So somebody hurts you. And you either want to react in fear, like, oh, no, I'm hurt. I might get hurt again. Let me cower. Let me run. Let me not say anything. Let me not defend myself. So many of us have been there in our lives where we just don't know the right words to say or we're just too afraid to use our words, so we run and we hide. But then there's the opposite emotion, which is aggression. Like, the offense wasn't that great, but I am going to blast the living daylights out of this person. How dare dare you hurt me? And what they say is that in between those two extremes is where we're supposed to be. And that's the loving path. The loving path is called assertiveness. This is something we all have to work on. And it comes out in different ways, but it's something that requires thought. It requires maturity. It requires taking the time to work on this. Healthy, loving assertiveness, that middle road means having boundaries. We have to learn boundaries. Sometimes we don't have them by nature. We're supposed to learn them as kids, but we're not always taught them. Sometimes our parents are giving us the opposite example. They're just reacting all the time in fear and in anger. So to learn healthy boundaries, a healthy place in the middle of, you know what? Uh, That thing that happened yesterday, can we talk about it? Okay, my feelings were hurt, but it's okay. I forgive you, but let's just talk about it because, you know, You said this, I said that. Let's just talk about it. Sometimes even just to identify something can help us to feel so much better. Just to say, oh, yeah, you cut me off. Are you okay? You cut me off. Yeah, I almost got an accident. But are you you all right? You okay? Did everything fine? I mean, I normally I I just figured you wouldn't do such a thing. So, yeah, are you, you know, everything good? Because you cut me off. (laughs) I don't know. There's so many different ways. And we we have to discern that, each of us, for ourselves. And make sure we're not doing something that's passive-aggressive because that's still aggression. That's still on the extreme. Sometimes we do the passive-aggressive thing, bringing something up because we want to fight, but we don't want to. We don't want people to think badly of us, so we say it in a way that's, uh, yeah, passive-aggressive. Uh, you know, trying to get the better of someone without appearing to be trying to get the better of them, and that's manipulative. So we want to avoid manipulation, uh, but we want to. Um, you know, we want to pursue 
loving our neighbor, loving God, loving neighbor. We want to pursue, and really, the healthy middle ground, that is loving our neighbor. It's also loving God. It's it's part of justice to say like, okay, there's an issue here. There's a problem. Let's just discuss it. And a lot of times when we go about that middle of the road path of love, it's um, it's not just about like, oh, you did this wrong. No, no, no. It could just be about like, hey, when this happened, this is how it made me feel. Maybe because I'm a little off balance. So I just want to let you know, you know, when you when you yelled at me about this thing, well, I had a little bit of a like a whatever, you know, I it made me think of my childhood. It made me think of this. I I, I sometimes have panic attacks or I saw whatever, you know, everybody's got their different issues. Um, so just to be honest about something, that's the middle of the road. That's the loving path. Um. I was thinking too, a great movie, and I know I mentioned this in a previous sermon, the movie The Shack, where this guy in the movie, and it's based on a book, I mean, he just lost his daughter. Talk about a guy who has a reason to be angry. And the daughter was uh, basically, you know, molested and killed by uh, some a criminal, somebody that's still out there, somebody that's been kidnapping children, a, a just somebody, you know, not a not a good person, not a healthy person, whatever. They could be crazy. They could be very, very evil. But this happened to his daughter, and now he's angry. And God has pulled this man aside, and he's venting his anger, and he's yelling at God. He's mad at God. He's mad at the world. Rightly so. He's He's got a lot of negative emotion to vent. But then he starts to wrestle with the idea of, I want to get even. If I could find that man, I'm going to kill him. That man deserves whatever punishment we can give him because of what he did. How often we all think this way. It's one thing to say for the sake of law and order, for the sake of justice, for the sake of safety. Yes, we have to do such and such with criminals to protect society. But it's another thing to say, I want revenge. So the character that plays the Holy Spirit pulls him aside And there is this back and forth and the Holy Spirit is showing this man all sorts of different things. And ultimately, the Holy Spirit uses the analogy of just how God feels. These are all God's children, the good and the bad. So the Holy Spirit says to the man, okay, um, your children have done this and have done that and therefore they've broken laws. And, And ultimately, all things are deserving of death. It was Jesus's cross that took that away. So, okay, which child do you want to uh, receive the death penalty first for what they've done? Which child do you want to punish the most? And he freaks out. Of course, I don't want my children to die. Of course, I don't want my children to have to endure horrible things. I'll even take the punishment on myself. And then the Holy Spirit is like, okay, do you understand? (laughs) God does not want his children to suffer in hell. God does not want his children to be the brunt of other people's vengeance. This is why the Bible says, Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. God has his own justice. God will deal with all of us. God doesn't need us to enact our own justice and vengeance in a way that's completely off balance because we don't see the big picture. God wants all of us to be saved, yet justice is for our own good. You know, so when God says vengeance is mine, we don't really have a vengeful God. The Old Testament gives us that image, but it's more of a just God, but his mercy outweighs his justice. We're all his children. 
And this is something, once again, so important to remember. Yes, is it important to vent our anger? Sure, in a healthy way, in a way that doesn't hurt people. But when thinking about revenge, when thinking about vengeance, when thinking about hurting others, even after they've hurt us, do we remember that's a person made in God's image and likeness? That's a child of God. That's someone who, um, you know, when Jesus says, whatever you do for my brothers and sisters, you do for me, for your brothers and sisters, etc., you do these things for me. That child, God identifies with that person, even if they're the worst person that ever lived. So these are all just things to think about, and it might be just impossible sometimes to think about these things when we're caught up in our negativity, especially when horrible things have been done, when the worst injustices have occurred, you know, children have been tortured and killed and, you know, things like that. I mean, we have a society right now that's actively killing and and torturing children in the womb. You know, they could, they have nerve, the nervous systems developed. They're experiencing pain and torture and murder yet. We're okay with that, but we want vengeance on other people for other things. So we have every reason to believe God, you know, is the ultimate deserver of vengeance and rage. And yet God doesn't do that. He keeps giving us more chances. He loves us so much. The ultimate example of this, apart from our Lord himself is our lady. I heard this years ago, and I'll never forget it. Mary is the mother of mercy while also being the lady of sorrows. She suffers more than anybody else ever, you know, with, side by side with her son. The son is, is enduring the cross, enduring our sins. Mary is sharing in his pain. Her sorrow is overwhelming. It's a perfect sorrow because she has a perfect heart. And yet she prays for our salvation. She, in all that, becomes our mother, praying for us to receive God's mercy, that our Lord's cross is not in vain. And therefore, this is something we have to constantly go back to, that ultimately our goal is to have everybody in heaven. Uh, A priest friend of mine says, as part of his rules of, he, he wrote out this whole long thing, rules of forgiveness, and he says the final rule after going through all the different things, you know, for, for helping a person forgive, which I did preach about before in that previous sermon, he says, the final thing is consciously, sincerely, actively wish that person that hurt you a higher place in heaven than yourself. And as I had said before, sometimes our feelings and our choices are not in the same place, but if we make the right choices, our feelings will follow. But yes, wish that person a higher place in heaven than yourself. Ultimately, we have to form ourselves with the grace of God so that we can be in heaven. And in heaven, there cannot be any rage. There cannot be any vengeance. Everything in heaven is love and mercy that needs to last for all eternity. So let's prepare for that by learning at the very least while we're here on earth to forgive our enemies. Hope everybody has a great day. God bless you.